what we are going to listen is that uh, demystifying myths and misconceptions on a COVID-19 vaccine. And then this also will be presented from a very scientific uh, approach. And uh, then next to that, uh, towards lifting COVID-19 vaccine threat and uh, restrictions. And of course, in this particular session itself, the third presentation towards enhancing availability and access to COVID-19 vaccination. Again, we come back to role of faith-based uh, organizations taking or uh, uh, giving us certain examples and experiences that also will be shared. So we shall start with Dr. Alex Tang from Monash University in Malaysia. Dr. Alex. Well, uh, I bring you greetings from uh, the Christian in uh, churches in Malaysia. And uh, it's great to be part of this uh, consultation. Okay, on uh, uh, today, I want to share mainly on what is the scientific basis, okay, scientific basis on COVID vaccination. Okay, and uh, basically, I just want to highlight what some of the areas I will not be able to cover everything because it's wash a vast vast subject. So I want to just highlight certain areas on. Uh, what are the scientific basis? How do we approach the COVID vaccination program? And we start with some facts. To date, or yesterday was uh, 491, almost half a million new cases. Okay, and found, 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 uh, confirmed cases, about 188. There are about 4 million uh, deaths. But the good news is that about 3.4 billion doses of the vaccine has been given. Okay, so to start with, I'm sure you know there are four different basic types of vaccine. The first is a viral vaccine, which is the inactivated or attenuated. And this is the common vaccine that we have been using. You know, in our children's immunization, we use inactivated or attenuated. Inactivated is that we kill the, the the bacteria or the virus or attenuated make it very weak. Then you have the protein-based virus vaccine, which is actually uh, uh, pieces of proteins. Then you have the viral vector and the nucleic acid. So you see that this is actually SARS-CoV-2. The, the virus is like that. And the main thing we are interested in is the spike protein. That is where all the vaccines are targeting. And the SARS-CoV-2 is actually very closely related to the SARS virus. Yeah, you may call it a cousin. That's why it's SARS-CoV-2. Okay, so if you look at the different vaccine, you find that the virus vaccine, as I said, is the weakened uh, one. The one that is uh, a weakened one that is real common. The protein base is that if you take parts and parcel of the uh, uh, virus the COVID uh, SARS-2 virus, and then we make a vaccine out of it. The vector vaccine are actually very new technology. Okay, in other words, we just embed part of the RNA of the COVID into a vector, like a common cold, or and then this infect a human with it. So the the vector carries the infection into the human, and the human body reacts to the uh, spike protein. Then you have the nucleic acid 
one which is the latest, okay, the Pfizer and the Moderna, where we actually create part of the RNA. Okay, the RNA is one of the uh, nucleotides, makes our nucleotide we create in the lab. That means no actual virus was used and this was injected. That's why uh, this is uh, such a new technology. Okay. So what I'm going to talk about is some of the concerns about the COVID-19 vaccine, especially as we deal with uh, some, a lot of questions. And one of the first and major questions is that the vaccine was developed very fast. Normal vaccine takes about 10 to 15 years to develop because they have to go to a preclinical trial, then phase one, which is actually about 10 people or so, we take about two, three years. Then phase two, we do the clinical one. We take about, test about 100 people, but we select the people this time and the dosage. Phase three, we take about 1,000 people. You now we test them with the dosage and see if it works. Then we wait one or two years for approval. And then we go for uh, manufacturing. Okay, so all together, 10 to 15 years. So the major uh, thing that we are worried about is that the COVID vaccine came out in about uh, six months to uh, 12 months. So is there something wrong? Were there shortcut taken? Well, let me tell you that when the, we begin to be aware, the doctors are beginning to be aware that there is an outbreak in China in uh, October, November, December 2019. The world is actually alert, WHO is already alert. In January 2020, uh, 2020 okay, during Wuhan, the scientists in China were able to synthesize the genome of the virus in the beginning, in January 2020. And the wonderful thing is that the scientists uploaded the genome onto the internet. So the whole world, you know, all the scientists in the world knows the exact genome of the uh, COVID, uh, SARS-CoV-2. That means within in, in January itself. And in January itself, in fact, when they receive the genome, a, a scientific uh, group, okay, uh, were able to create the vaccine within two days. Okay. The, they developed the vaccine within two days because nowadays we have the technology to do the vaccine within two days, but they are unable to mark, uh, test it and market it. That's why they combine with Pfizer. Yeah, so that's where the testing comes in. And the technology has been there since, remember SARS in 2003? Yeah, SARS was a, a major uh, earth shaker. Yeah, even though it's cost about 8,000 patients and about uh, 774 deaths. It spread so rapidly that it scares everybody. Okay, Singapore, Hong Kong, China are hit badly. And because of that, we were expecting another SARS-like outbreak since 2003. So actually what we are putting in place now for the present COVID 
was actually prepared in 2003 to counter another SARS. And the research has gone forward to produce a vaccine for SARS. And not only that, but between 2003, there were a few outbreaks that is called concern. Number 2002, the avian flu, uh, the 2014, the Ebola outbreak. And then in 2016, the MERS uh, COVID outbreak, which we think was could be another SARS. But thank God, it was limited to only a few countries. But with the new technology, we are able to synthesize and create. So why did the vaccine come up was produced so early? Because one thing we have the technology. Second thing is that we have, or second point is that we have the, the resources and we have the, the uh, uh, protocol now. But the third and more, most important is that US uh, President, ex-President Trump started Operation Warp Speed, which put in 2.2 billion US dollars into finding a vaccine for COVID. So the third point is money. And money drives the research. Okay? Because they are money, they are able to do large-scale research. So for example, in uh, phase one, they used to do it on 10 people. Now they're able to do it on, on uh, 100,000. Phase two, go up to 2,000, 5,000. Phase three, we are talking about a test being done on 30,000, 50,000 people. So there's a large body of data coming in. And because of the uh, urgency of uh, COVID and because of the large number of, of vaccine required for the trial, they started building factories because no lab is ever uh, produced 10,000 doses for the trial. So they actually started building factories to produce a vaccine even from the beginning of phase, of, uh, uh, phase two and phase three trial. So by the time the vaccines are ready, uh, are, are ending end of phase three and showing that it produces results, the factories are also ready to produce. And that is the reason why we have the vaccine so early. It's not because uh, they are cutting corners, they are trying to make the buck and all that. It's because the, of the reality of the new uh, scientists. And as uh, Dr. Matthew says, there were about uh, 150 uh, vaccines that were put on trial of possible candidates, which actually narrowed down to 47 that actually reached human trials. So that means a lot of it were rejected. Even the MRF, the Merfan was rejected. So in the end, we end up with only a few vaccines that have been used today. So the not so good one, the uh, would not make the great. So that means be assured that the vaccine that you receive that have been used today are approved, have undergone stringent tests and approved for use. How about safety in uh, terms of uh, the vaccine use? Now we are talking about, in the beginning, we are worried uh, about the safety, you know, and uh, when Pfizer came out, we were worried about the anaphylactic shock, which is actually uh, about uh, two point, initially say it was 4.5 per uh, million, then it was turned out to be 2.5 per million. And now 
Now that we have 8.6 billion doses given, people don't even talk about it anymore. So in, in terms of uh, safety, the vaccine, especially the RNA vaccine like Pfizer and Moderna are relatively safe. Okay, and then I'll talk more about side effect later. Now, what about the efficacy or an effectiveness of vaccine? Again, uh, we have about 8.6 billion doses. Okay. When we uh, use the word efficacy and effectiveness, we have to be careful how we use the word. Okay. Efficacy is the results that you get when we test it in the lab in control cases. Effectiveness is what it done in real life. Okay, when you give the vaccine to the real population, that is effectiveness. So in the beginning, you know, uh, in uh, December, January this year, we're talking about the efficacy. But now we have enough real-life data to talk about effectiveness of the vaccine. So, and I think the uh, Israel gave us a very, very good example of the effectiveness of the vaccine. Because Israel was the first country that uh, received full Pfizer coverage. Okay, so that means a majority of the population was vaccinated. And you see that these are the real life data, it's the effectiveness that the, the, the number of cases actually comes down. And the number of uh, hospital admission came down. And this is also supported by data coming from the UK and from US that the vaccines are effective, that the vaccine is actually uh, useful. Okay. And more so, even against the variants, you find that here, the Pfizer vaccine, the AstraZeneca in UK, okay, they actually, the, uh, the efficacy went down to 80%. Okay, in Israel, we are still looking at the reason why it went down to 60%. Okay, but all of them have a milder form. Okay, all of them have, a, instead of a daily uh, hospitalization and ventilation, most of those who are vaccinated are actually protected against a more serious form. You find that this is uh, the data from UK that the variant deaths, it does cause infection, but it doesn't cause death. Okay, how about the side effect? I mean, there are common side effects. No, no medicine, no vaccine is without side effects. So these are the one. But we are worried about the AstraZeneca blood clots, okay? The thrombosis and the thrombocytopenic syndrome. Actually, the numbers are very low. Okay, we were talking about seven per million vaccinated women, okay? And we find it's actually being higher in a uh, younger people, okay. But if we look at it this uh, in this way, the risk of people dying from the thrombosis and the thrombolytic is actually very much okay. The blue is the people dying from uh, COVID. The the orange or the beige is the people who are dying, who are actually uh, dying from the blood clot. So it's, it's actually actually very low. Unfortunately, the uh, uh, social media has been playing up. Okay, that is such a major factor. Then suddenly, now data 
be uh to be published in the social media about myocarditis. Myocarditis that means uh inflammation of the heart in Pfizer, which we actually know all along that in the younger group there are quite a, a number of people, children who are, or young people who receive the Pfizer vaccine and have myocarditis. Okay, so it is a known fact. We are not hiding it. But the interesting fact is that all of them actually went home. They didn't die from myocarditis. And again, if you look at the risk assessment, you find that people uh, who, who get vaccinated and has myocarditis compared to those who, who are hospitalized due to the COVID vaccine. So the risk is actually very low. How about the use of human cell lines? I know, I know that there are some Christians who are very concerned that we use human uh, cell lines. Cell lines are actually created from stem cells or some of the human cells, and then it's generated. That means it's immortal in a way. You can keep them growing for generation after generation. And there are two, only two human cell lines. Okay, both create one created in 72 and one created in 1985. Both these cells line are from terminated fetus. Okay, medical termination, not uh, 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 illegal or, or non-medical termination. And it, the cell line has been used and has been used for last 20, 30 years. Okay, and not all vaccine are created in this cell line. Okay. Only AstraZeneca, uh, Cancinovin, uh, Sino, and uh, Russian and Jensen. So actually, the cell line was, I mean, the, the cells has been there. Okay, It wasn't uh, specially made for that. The long-term immunity, we do not have enough data. Our data is about up to nine months or so. But we know that up to nine months, people are still immune. That means most vaccines, okay, they only uh, 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 monitor survey up to six months. So, so far, we are doing good. That means the people who have been vaccinated remain uh, immune and have uh, antibodies. How about the variant? That's the, what we worry about. The alpha variant or the initially called UK and South Africa, Brazil, India. Now you have to understand that in RNA virus, okay, they mutate. Okay, they mutate almost every other day. That's normal. That's why in the flu vaccine, okay, the flu vaccine have to be changed every six months because the flu virus mutate. That's why we have Northern Hemisphere vaccine, Southern Hemisphere vaccine. So if uh, I'm a practicing doctor, so I know that we have to change the vaccine every uh, six months. And I'm not surprised that the uh, COVID uh, RNA mutates. Okay, So we have been looking out for this and we find that the alpha, beta, gamma, and delta are what we call the uh, variants of uh, uh, interest and variance of concern. Okay. So you find that what is mutated is the spike cells. Okay, There are three proteins in the spike cells and 
the uh, Delta variant is actually have three mutations in the spike cells. And as I mentioned earlier, that our vaccine is all heading for the spike cells. So, but this variant okay, is very infectious. The Delta variant is very infectious. Okay, because I, I think basically uh, virus is survival. And you want to, uh, as a virus, you want to spread as easily as possible. But you don't want to kill the host because it doesn't make sense for the virus to kill the host. Because if the virus kills the host, then they cannot spread. So they mutate to spread easily, but do not kill the host that easily. So you see that the Delta variant is spreading very uh, uh, easily and they tend to spread now among the younger people. Okay, that's why you see that the uh, cases in Israel. Okay, we do not, we still do not know the reason why. Okay, I mean the, the obvious reason is that you vaccinated all the adults, so now the children get infected. But that could be one of the reasons. Okay, but I think the, the good news you must be aware is that uh, the most of the vaccine available are actually effective against the variants. Okay, so no, it's not the end of the world, so don't panic. Okay, just because there are variants, we say, oh, vaccines are no longer. In fact, you find that even against the South, uh, uh, South African variant, okay, even Pfizer has 62%. And the other thing is that the because production of RNA uh, vaccine is actually very much easier than the other type. You can actually uh, manipulate the genome against the variant. So that means we have version two, version three. So that means that as we progress, we can actually tweak the vaccine to uh, adjust for the variants. So that's a good news. So how, I just want to end by saying that we need to do appropriate measures. Okay, I think that that's very uh, important. Okay, there are so much politics involved. Okay, political uh, politicians are, are milking thing in companies, big pharma are milking and thing. Uh, 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 non. Uh, are coming in and everybody is getting involved. So it's become so politicized. But basically what you need to do is to trace, to test, to trace and isolate. Test, trace and isolate. I think that's the one thing. Now, the other thing that we need to rethink is now WHO has admit finally, okay, that the virus is airborne, not droplet. In the beginning, we were saying that it's droplet, so that's why, you know, uh, wash hand, uh, three feet, six feet, because the, the, the droplet only cover that distance. Okay, I think that is a, a thing that we need to address, is that it's not droplet, it's airborne. That's why mass is necessary. That's why you need to have a ventilated room, okay, that you need to switch off your aircon or install HEPA filters for your aircon. Otherwise, the whole room, okay, in your, the whole room is not just a person that's three feet away, will have the virus. 
That's why mass is always important, right? Mass and avoid super spreader events. And vaccinate, vaccinate, vaccinate. So you see that different countries have you are approved different vaccine. And this is the sort of estimate on how many uh, months it will take for them to reach some level of herd immunity. Okay, I shall end here and I'm happy to take any question. Thank you.